Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word and to have spiritual discussion again. Lord, again, I ask that you make me just a nail upon the wall, a rusty, sorry nail, Lord. But upon that nail, I ask that you hang a portrait of Jesus Christ. Oh, Father God, your manservant is not worthy. But I claim and plead the blood of Jesus Christ tonight. Don't let me speak, Lord. I ask that you bring all things to my mind and bring them through my vocal cords and across these sound waves so that your people would hear the word. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, we are further into the COVID-19 pandemic. The world is more afraid now than it ever has been. The nation of Italy has been rocked by this disease with high death rates and many dead. Um, China is now reporting that there are no new cases. Yesterday, that was the report that I heard. While the United States is continuing to see more and more cases and more and more deaths in one part of the United States, three members of one family have succumbed to this disease. So the disease is not a joke. This disease works in a very tricky fashion as the medical science is beginning to come forward. Um, we, are now know, we now know that the disease can often just start with a mild sore throat um, and that the virus might actually sit in the throat or in the mouth. Some people are arguing that that's how it happens. So you can you hear a lot of people online telling you to drink a lot of water to flush the virus into your stomach where the stomach acid would kill the virus. Uh, I don't know if that's perfectly accurate, but it's always good to drink a lot of water. So I won't tell you not to do that. Um, and then you always have to be careful because this is a droplet transmission disease, which means someone really has to cough on you, sneeze on you and the droplets, the little balls of water kind of nasty to think about, but they have to get inside of you and affect you. And that's how this disease spreads. The other thing we now know is that this disease is able to stay in the air for long periods of time in droplet form. And if it gets on, especially metallic surfaces, some argue it might be able to last for days. Once the disease gets into the lungs, if it can get past your immune system, and I'll talk about the immune system in a second before we get into the word, it, what it does, it gets into the lung and it causes a massive production of mucus, it sounds like, from what the experts are describing. And then some honeycombing is what they call it of the lung, where there's like a, some bit of a fibrotic or infl inflammatory effect on the lung, which is where this disease really begins to cause damage. I would imagine that many of the people, once the lung is um, compromised, pneumonia sets in, and it's probably bacterial pneumonia on top of the viral infection, um, and ultimately, either from respiratory failure or from sepsis, uh, people would die. Doesn't sound like it would be a, a, a pleasant death. Sounds like this is a very difficult and painful situation. Um, many people who get that sick wind up on ventilators. And hence, the medical system is worried because if all of these people wind up in the intensive care unit all at the same time, it could overload our system where doctors are having to choose who gets a ventilator and who doesn't. And that is the fear. As 80 some odd percent of the people will get minor symptoms or no symptoms at all, um, one of the famous actors, Idris Alba, was diagnosed with the disease this week. Uh, Tom Hanks has been diagnosed with disease. There are many others who've been diagnosed um, in high places in the country, um, causing some to argue that it's not fair that the rich and famous or the privileged are able to get tests when other people can't get them. But that's another argument, another story, another discussion. But Idris Alba said, look, I've been, I was exposed. I know I was at, at an event where there was someone who was infected. So I went and got tested and I have no symptoms, but I have the disease, I have the infection. 
And there will be many who that is the case. But let me give you, before we get into the word, a few pointers on managing this disease. First and foremost, um, it is really important not to wash your, um, to keep your hands clean, not to touch things and then not wash your hands. Um, if you're like me, you have a hard time not touching your face, but you're not supposed to touch your face because then you can bring the droplet to your mouth or to your eyes. Remember that the eyes have mucous membranes, and so the droplet of the infection get in into the lacrimal duct or into in through your eye, um, the nose, the mouth. So all of these things are things you want to avoid. Obviously, we talk about distancing. This is why they keep talking about six feet, so that it's less likely someone breathes or coughs this on you, um, and wiping down surfaces. But to get a little more into our health message, one thing that you do need to know is that the sun is quite antiviral. And one of the reasons why the flu and these other diseases get lessened when it gets warmer is because people go outside to get more sun. The sun is able to kill pathogens. Um, and so the radiate, radiation from the sun, the light of the sun is able to do that. Warmer weather seems to make the virus not work as well. And so we're fortunate we're going into a warmer time of the year. Um, but uh, so sunlight is, is, is clearly important. Getting outside and getting fresh air is clearly important. But there are things you can do. The dark berries, dark grapes, the reason they have that dark pigmentation is because of a chemical in them called resveratrol. And resveratrol has been shown in studies to shorten viral illnesses, probably never tested on this particular virus, but I would assume it wouldn't hurt for you to increase the intake you have of blueberries and blackberries and dark grapes. I would also argue that this is if you've been contemplating a whole food plant-based lifestyle where you give up animal products and cheese and milk, um, if you've ever needed a motivation, this is a good time. There, there are still many who argue that dairy products actually increase mucus production. So you, if you happen to get this virus, you don't want it to be in a place where you produce a whole lot of mucus. The, the consumption of alcohol and other things that, that mess with um, the lower esophageal uh, sphincter and can cause you to have reflux is something you don't want when you're trying to keep things from going into your lungs. Um, so there's a good time to quit smoking for the fact, effects it has on your lungs, as well as the fact that it also loosens the lower esophageal sphincter and cause things to come back up along with caffeine. So all of the things we talk about in our health message are protective against this virus. Leafy green vegetables, what was given to man as he left the garden, the herb of the field that Adam was told to go and to, and to, and to grow um, is quite protective as well with the phytonutrients and antioxidants found in leafy green vegetables along with the dark berries. If there was ever a time you want to make an almond milk, spinach, blueberry, blackberry smoothie, now would be the time. It would be a great uh, concoction to help protect you against this virus along with vegetable soups. Probably no better time to be drinking lots of vegetable soup than right now. Warm liquids seem to do a good job in protecting you against this. Um, I read an article about um, uh, button mu mushrooms. I know some Adventists uh, won't eat mushrooms because they say they're not plants. Fine, don't eat them, but they are proven and shown in one study to actually increase um, the immunoglobulin A, the antibodies in the, in the oral mucosa uh, to protect so that it would grab the virus. If someone breathes the virus on you, you would, get, you would grab the virus in your mouth and along the mucous membranes of your mouth and nose before it can get down into your lungs and, and really infect you. So um, eating all of these foods are very protective um, uh, and, and, and staying away from all these things. And even though we're all locked up and the gyms are closing 
Exercise does two things in a situation like this. One thing is exercise will release endorphins in the mind, lower stress levels. I know many uh, watching and listening to this are stressed out over their money, over their retirement accounts, over their jobs, over their loved ones. Exercising regularly, just a good brisk walk outside is, uh, or even around your house even, is a good way to, to get those endorphins up so that you can help your mood. Um, and, and the other reason exercise is good is because it does boost the immune system and allows you to be better able to fight infection. The other thing that will harm your immune system that goes kind of anti-exercise are sweets. Now, don't get me wrong. If you eat a Snickers bar, you're going to feel real good. Um, it's like edible crack, I know. And so you don't want to eat Snickers bars right now because Snickers bars, when your blood sugar shoots up, your white blood cells go to sleep for six to eight hours. This is not a time. You want your white blood cells going to sleep for six to eight hours at a time. One of the reasons this, this, this virus is going to have the, wreak the havoc it has, something no one is talking about, isn't simply because of how contagious it is or how virulent it is. It is because the immune system collectively in the West and around the world is lower than it should be because we do not practice the health principles as outlined in the Holy Scripture. So if we follow that, in the, during the, uh, the bubonic plague, the black plague of Europe, the Jews were, did not succumb the way that the others did. And the, up to a third of the population of Europe died. Yet, Jews survived quite well. In fact, it, it, it fueled much of the anti-Semitism of Europe that one group of people didn't die. Why did the Jews die? Because they followed the biblical precepts to stay away from unclean foods, and they washed their hands ceremonially before they ate. And that was enough to keep them... Uh, safe from, from that plague. Let me submit to you that the last part of our health message that I want to bring up in the new start, which is trust in God, the last part of it is also protective. I do not want the people of God afraid of a virus. The people of God need not be afraid of governments. I hear a lot of conspiracy theories. Maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. But let me tell you something. There's nothing in the world to fear. Our fear, our trust, our hope must all be in God. And it is healthy for us to not live in this world in panic. I'm starting to call this not a, a pandemic, but a panic-demic, because people are so afraid of what's happening. I want the Christian believer not to allow the world to weaken you to the point where you are shuddering in your home, running around in circles. I saw a patient this week. He came in. He's had ringing in his ears for four months. And he came into the clinic this week and said, I want to be tested um, for coronavirus. And we said, what's your symptoms? He said, I have ringing in my ears. He's had it for four months. Do you have a cough? No. Fever? No. Runny nose? No. Sore throat? No. Nothing. Shortness of breath? Nothing. My ears are ringing, but I need to be tested. We said, why do you think you need to be tested? He said, I was watching the news. And they keep saying coronavirus. He said, I must need to be tested. My ears are ringing. Church? If your ears are ringing, you don't have the coronavirus. I want you as a people of God to not be afraid. Amen? All right. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 24. Um, we'll give more updates on that as we go along. But I want to go to Matthew chapter 24 and just read a few verses um, to continue on. Verse 9 says, uh, we, well, let me recap. Last week we talked about all the things that would be coming upon the earth, that you would hear of wars and rumors of wars in verse 6, that you should not be troubled. Amen? As I was just saying, don't be afraid. Um, all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. What you're seeing is not the end. This is not the end. It's going to get worse. 
Nation shall rise against nation. Then Jesus qualifies that statement. He's speaking about what's going to happen before the end begins. He says, uh, for nation shall rise against nation. That's war. That's ethnic war. That's racial war. That's all of those different things. Kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And we've seen all of that this week. Famine is happening around the world. Economic collapse is happening all right there. Pestilence, the coronavirus, the flu, the seasonal flu is going to kill tens of thousands of people this year. As much as we talk about the coronavirus, nobody's talking about the fact that the flu, like a pestilence, is going to take a lot of people out this year. And this was a bad flu year because the vaccine didn't match well. Pestilence and earthquake. We had an earthquake this week in, in, in um, Utah, in Salt Lake City. We had one just this year in Puerto Rico and one in the Caribbean between Jamaica and Cuba. And we're having them all over the world. We're not talking much about these things. I could talk about the fires in Australia. I mentioned earlier, one billion animals dead. We are, this, these prophecies are being being fulfilled. And at the end of it, Jesus still says, all these, verse 8, are the beginning of sorrows, Matthew 24 and verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. What you're seeing now, church, is just the beginning. You know what the prophet says? The prophet says, listen, if you can't keep up with the footmen, how are you going to run with the horses? If what's happening now is just the beginning of sorrows and some are losing their belief in God over what is happening now, how are we going to stay with God when it gets worse? Verse 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. How is it going to get worse? Something's going to happen to turn the attention of the world against God's people. That's what's about to happen. Something's going to happen. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted and they shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Verse 9 and 10 says something's going to happen that is going to cause the entire world to turn against the people of God. All at once, we are going to be the ones that they focus on. And I want you to notice what is happening in the world now. President Trump made a statement earlier this week uh, about what this exercise, this pandemic and how we're responding is really like a like a like a dry run for what will happen later on or, or, or what can happen in the future. I thought it was an interesting statement and I should find it. and Maybe next week I'll put it up. That was an interesting statement. The Pope says this week that he talked to God and told him to stop the epidemic, to stop the virus. So. If it doesn't stop in like seven days, I don't know if he still is allowed to be Pope. Um, but that is what's happening. We're looking at people starting to tell you a little bit about the agenda. Something's going to happen and the world is going to turn on the people of God. What's going to happen? Well, you're going to you keep hearing if you look at Twitter and if you look at uh, Facebook and uh, I don't know, I'll have a million of these things, Snapchat and Tic Tac and all kinds of stuff. Um, TikTok, I mean, um, <laughs> and if all of these things that the world is watching and they're looking at and they're getting all this information and now they're saying, listen, it's the common good. We ought to shutter in place and stay six feet apart and stay away from church and stay away from ball games because it's the common good. And if someone online dares to show themselves outside at the beach, they were mad that people were at the beach in Florida. Let me tell you something. I would argue one of the, probably the safest places you could be is a beach right now where it's hot and humid and you can get in salt water and rinse the virus off and through you. Might not be a bad idea. May not want to get too close to folk, but I mean, they make people look bad and feel bad for going against these edicts. And I understand the relevance in the moment. Don't get me wrong. We, people need to be protecting one another and society. I get it. 
What is scary is how they can shame people for not following the rules. This is where the people of God ought to be watching. If this is a practice or a dry run, what happens when the edict to save the world isn't that we stay six feet apart and bump our elbows or tap our feet together? What happens when the edict is that you keep the first day of the week holy? What happens when it shifts to the first day of the week? And we get publicly shamed. This is what Jesus is talking about. Something's going to happen and the shift is going to go on to God's people. And what's going to happen is around uh, the idea that in order, and we've, we've heard this from the current uh, pope, that, that if we had a, a global Sabbath on Sunday, we could protect the environment. People began to clamor how when China had to shut down because of this virus, how their carbon footprint went down. And there are those who are saying, we need an environmental Sabbath, a global Sabbath, where we bring down carbon levels once a week. Church, I'm warning you that what we might be watching happening right now is literally the dry run for what will happen when those who don't conform are persecuted for following the word of God. And what's interesting is verse 10 says, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Difficult times are ahead. I have some quotes here. I want to read this quote from Um, Testimonies, volume five, page 463, it says the work which the church has failed to do in time of peace and prosperity. She will have to do in terrible crisis under most discouraging, forbidding circumstances. Right now, it's peace and safety, and we may not have done the work we should have done. The world is going to turn on us, and we are still going to have to do as God says do. We're still going to have to um, evangelize the world, because Matthew 24 goes on to say, and this gospel in verse 14, of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The end will not come until we are persecuted and the gospel is preached. Ellen White says, and many false prophets shall, I mean, sorry, Matthew, Jesus speaking, Matthew 24, 11 says, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Then, Then Jesus says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So she says, there's going to be false prophets that are going to rise up and they're going to deceive a lot of people. And because iniquity shall abound, in other words, in the backdrop of, 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 of moral chaos, when we no longer have right or wrong and moral relativism is, is the way, as the old uh, souls music song used to say, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. As the world takes on that, uh, uh, that, that angle, that is going to cause the world to grow cold towards other people. We are going to be living in a difficult time. And verse 13 is one of the things I want you to take home with you. Jesus says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. I want to submit to you tonight as the world is panicked and everyone is in, in, in under lockdown and, and those are, are, are so many are afraid. I want you to get that you are not running a sprint. This, you're, you're not Usain Bolt. You're not trying to do 100 meters in, in eight seconds or less. You're more like those runners from Kenya and and, and Ethiopia who can run 26 miles in under two minutes. You are trying to run a long distance. 
And the reason that's relevant is because when the world gets difficult as it is now, some of us, our faith is going to, 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 to falter. I want you to understand it's all right if you're running the race and you fall. It's just you've got to get up and keep running the race. You've got to endure all the way to the finish line. That's why the scripture says uh, the just man falls seven times, but he rises every time. I came to tell you tonight that part of what this a pandemic ought to be teaching you is that you are not perfect. The world is not perfect. Great America is, is struggling under this pandemic. And if America, with all the money we spend on public health and science, is struggling under this thing, it means imperfection is innate to man. And if you've messed up in your life, I want to liberate you tonight that you don't need to be run a perfect race. You need to finish the race. You need to endure the hardship, the trials, because some while the world is thinking about COVID-19, there are people who've lost loved ones. Nothing to do with the pandemic. And yet they're grieving marriages that have broken into pieces and people are grieving tonight. There are young people who, who can't find their way, who may even be contemplating taking their own lives. Tonight, I, I, I'm here to tell you that there's hope. If you can endure to the end, you'll be saved. Doesn't matter how many times you messed up. What matters is that you get up every time. Being righteous means you're willing, like David, to come back to God and repent of your sin and say, I've, been, I've acted foolishly. And the reason that that verse 13 comes before 14 is because how can we preach a gospel we have not experienced? It is in the fact that we have endured. That means that we've gotten through our mistakes and our failures and our imperfections. That's why we know what this gospel really is. That's why verse 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. The folk who preach this gospel know what it's like to come out of great tribulation. To, we know what it's like to have messed up before God, to fail him, to, to have sinned against him. We know what it's like, but that's why we love the Lord so much because to whom much is forgiven uh, he loves much and because we've been forgiven much we can preach this gospel with power this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached and then then church shall the end come let me read just one more quote from the spirit of prophecy and then we can close this session out as a religious aggression subverts the liberties of our nation, those who would stand for freedom of conscience will be placed in unfavorable positions. For their own sake, they should, while they have opportunity, become intelligent in regard to disease, its causes, prevention, and cure. And those who do this will find a field of labor anywhere. There will be suffering, one, plenty of them, who will need help. There will be suffering ones, plenty of them who will need help, not only among those of our own faith, but largely among those who know not the truth. Councils on Health, page 506. I want you to see that what last, last point I want to make tonight is you probably are recognizing that the world would do anything right now to be safe from this virus. Anything. People who don't believe in God, who have sworn him off, will come and sit, would come and sit into a, a church tonight to find out how they could protect their families from this virus. This virus will kill hundreds, maybe thousands of people in America this year and around the world, even more. But every year, heart disease and cancer 
can kill between 40 and 50,000 people. At some point, people are going to ask, how do I protect myself and my family? If we're going to finish the work, as Matthew 24, 14 says, we need to know the health message. That's why it is attached to the third angel's message. Because by knowing the health message, we are able to save a world. We are able to reach a world of people who would otherwise want nothing to do with us if we have the answers to the disease problems of this world. People will come and listen and hear. I'll close with this verse. Just a verse of encouragement from Jeremiah chapter 17. Because right now people think that men are going to save us, that we're going to be saved by governments and public health entities. And I pray the governments and the public health agencies and the hospital systems can help us and that they can pull us through. But I want the Christian to remember these words of Jeremiah 17 verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and makes flesh his arm, on whose heart departeth from the Lord. Verse 6 says, for he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and, and, and not inhabited. But verse 7 says something else. And this is the message I want to leave you tonight. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. And whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I want to challenge you to not take the curse of trusting men. There's a curse in putting all our trust in men. There's a blessing in trusting God. I know this time is tough, but church. Be blessed by trusting God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word and for your prophecies. Lord, as the coronavirus circles the globe and as the panic level escalates and people are willing to fight in the stores over toilet paper. Help us, Lord, to remember that you are the true and living God. and That we can put our trust in you. Lord, you told us in your word, you promised us in your word as David said, I was young and now I am old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You will take care of your people. We know this, Lord. So, Lord, we accept your blessing in advance because we choose to trust you, even in these dark times. Coronavirus will not cause us to be afraid. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.